You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Kamalina Bikino, and this morning we have Dr. Mark Falconer joining us in the studio. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Kamalina. How are you? Oh, terrific. For a Monday? Yes, yes, for a Monday. (laughs) Um, So, Mark, this is your first broadcast of the year. It is. Welcome back. We've missed you. And it's, what, May? It's May. Yeah. Oh, first of May. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible, isn't it? Where is this year going? Man, it's just... So fast. We'll be winding down for Christmas shortly. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mark, today um, you're bringing for, you're starting, uh, let me get my words right. We're presenting today a sermon that you did a few weeks ago at Rosny Church. Um, and it's doing this series, Down the Narrow Road. Can you give us a bit of an overview of what that's about? Yeah, look, Jesus uh, invited us to walk through the narrow gate down the narrow path Mm. and our our series is through the gate along the narrow path with Jesus and Mm. you know the important thing for us as Christians and followers of God is staying on that narrow path Mm. and it's easier said than done yeah we kind of know it yeah but when it comes to it we tend to get distracted hop off it lose our way and so we've been exploring all the different uh, themes of what it means to stay on the narrow path you know Mm. we need to be empowered by God filled with the Holy Spirit Uh, we need to know what we believe and we need to connect with him but you know there's also something else too we've got to count the cost too yeah there is a cost to staying on the road Mm. We've got to make some sacrifices. It's not just sitting in that lazy boy chair passively and with the legs out, resting with the remote control. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if only it was that easy. If but only. Not, yeah. Absolutely. Well, this isn't your first time on Tassie Encounters, and if you'd like to um, go listen to um, some of the past episodes where we've had Mark on the show. Be sure to check them out at the Faith of Him app or on the Faith of Him website. You can just find it under programs and we're there as Tazzy Encounters. Um, Mark, so today's title is quite an interesting one. You've titled it Almost Saved. Yeah, almost yeah, saved. Almost it sounds there. intriguing, doesn't not, it? Not quite there. <laughs> yeah, almost saved. You know, we. Uh, and, and biblically speaking, um, you're either saved or, or you're not. Yeah, I always thought it was like, it's either a yes or a no. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's right. And uh, it's almost unbiblical to talk about almost saved, but mm. yet it's quite tragic to be almost there, yeah. but not quite. So, and, so close. And, and it's like, um, to put it in another way, sitting on the fence. Mm. Of course, we can't sit on the fence when it comes to salvation, following God. You either are or you aren't. Mm. But it's a terrible category to be in, Mm. to be almost there, but not quite. Mm. It's almost um, like, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but it it seems like 
it's a position where someone like it's almost there they know about god i'm guessing or they know about the church or they know about jesus and they're like oh yeah i know about it so i must be saved but they don't quite get it i'm guessing that's kind of the touching exactly around. yeah yeah, yeah. it's like you know john three sixteen. Mm. i believe yes i believe yeah that's all we need right <laughs> Well, yeah, if that's all there was, yeah. it would be a very short Bible, wouldn't it? It would be a very short and, Bible. And uh, so we, we, we need to understand where we are and what Paul talks about a race. Mm. And uh, we've got to lay aside every weight that inhibits us on that race. And it's not about winning, but it's about completing. Mm. And uh, as we uh, journey on that race, uh, it would be terrible fall short wouldn't it mm, absolutely um, we have a few examples of races that you mentioned um, there's one that's five day race run in Morocco can you believe a five no. day race you know this this is a, a, a fascinating uh, race it's called the Marathon de Sable mm. uh, which is French for marathon on the sands okay and uh, do you know it's 270 kilometres that they got to run? Oh, goodness. And they run through the Sahara Desert and the pictures on the internet. Mm. And uh, for our viewers, if you want to look it up, it's yep. fascinating to see. And they're just like little ants all running over oh, the, 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 the desert. Now, in order to enter the race, mm. they do do a physical check. Oh, okay. But I think you need to do a psychological check to do that. <laughs> do a race like that mate you've got to be insane 270 kilometers but people have died on it mm. uh, dehydration and that sort of thing but so yeah. that really is a, a a race of of endurance um but you know there was a a, a fascinating race by uh, a, a man in in washington and he was running the race and his name was peritai and as he was uh, coming toward the finishing line, it was about 50 yards to go. Oh. And he thought he had the race in the bag and he was punching the air oh, in excitement. Yes. Yes. And he thought, oh, yes, I'm almost there. Little did he see that another running would come around and passed him and he yeah. lost and he only came second. And so he, close. <laughs> I know, he was so close. So and. Close. Um, yeah, that was that was tragic, and you really felt for him because mm. he was embarrassed in front of the thousands in the in the, in the, in the stadium. And uh, oh, but I think one of the more tragic races was um, Sylvia Potts, mm. and uh, she was a, a New Zealander mm. who was running in the eight hundred meters in Edmonton in nineteen seventy, and again, this one's on YouTube, mm. and but the quality is pretty poor mm. and anyway she also was uh running flat out in that race and mm. uh she had it all in the bag <sighs> she had it in the bag and as she was coming uh, around the bend she had about 100 meters to go and she was sprinting her heart mm. out and as she was sprinting 50 metres to go, yes, 40 metres to go, and the commentators were all excited wow. for her. And then with about three metres to go, she fell. She fell. And she was just less than a metre. Her hand was just so that close mm. to the finish line. Oh, and all the other runners went past her, and she got up and just walked over the line. She came eighth. 
tragic, isn't it? What can you do? Yeah, well, yeah you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, she reflected on it and she said, my legs just gave out. Gave she out. had could have gave me out at a couple of metres later and she would have got mm. the uh, Commonwealth <laughs> gold. But anyway, oh, and that's, that's how it was. Mm. And, you know, when I thought about that, I sort of thought, wouldn't it be tragic if we were raised up at the resurrection, mm. but it was a thousand years too late. Mm. And when we were raised up and we sort of get up and we think that we're saved mm. and we stretch out and we look out, ah, good, the resurrection. Here I am. Made it. Yes. <laughs> and we get up to, and we see Peter at the gate and mm. he says, sorry, mate. You're almost there. You're almost there. But you're a thousand years too late. Ah, mm. oh, you know, I, I, I just think that is just a terrible, terrible situation mm. for us to be in. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, and for our listeners, I, I want them to just sort of think about, you know, what, what is absolutely essential in life, ultimately? Mm. And, you know, we, we, we have a mortgage to pay, study, um, we've got to raise a family, yeah. life. We all have to do it. Mm. But at the end of the day, what is most important mm. with our life? And uh, we, we have to learn to prioritise, and amongst all of that, we have to make sure that our salvation is primary and we don't want to be in a situation where we are almost there. Almost there. But not quite. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like a it's like a you know, we put in it's like someone who puts in so much work but still doesn't quite get it. Like this is from the analogy of the race and the analogy of all this um, of all these examples that we've been having, it's just like um, there's a song that's one of my favourites which is called Almost Is Never Enough. Like mm. it's just, you're, you're grasping at ideas but you're not quite not quite understanding. And, and through Monday, Tuesday, mm. Wednesday, we just got to make sure that as we travel along that narrow road, mm. we've got to make sure what is most important with um, what rises to the top. So... Mm. What leads us? What guides us? Absolutely. And we certainly have a lot of desires and pulses that tend to pull us in all sorts of different directions. Speaking of, we have our listener question for this morning for you. What are some things in your life that can detract you from staying on the narrow road? Text us in this morning on 0488880891. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to stick around. We have more um, more content on this discussion um, about the narrow road and almost saved. But right now, this is Well Done by The Afters. What will it be like?
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we have Dr. Mark Falconer, and we're talking about Almost Saved. Before the break, we had a question for you. What are some things in your life that can detract you from staying on the narrow path or on the narrow road? Be sure to text us in this morning on 0488880891. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Mark. Almost saved is a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Yes, it and, is. Or um, it is so true that we can easily get distracted from making God a priority. But we're about to look at some scripture now. And yeah, yeah. And, and within the scene that we're looking at and mm. entering the narrow gate and walking along that narrow path, mm. what guides us? Yeah. And you know, we often want to be guided by what. I think. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I know which way I'm going. You remember that as a teenager, don't you? Yes. It wasn't yes. that long ago, was it, Carmelina? <laughs> oh. No, it wasn't. It and, wasn't that long ago, I guess. <laughs> and I remember as a teenager and still as an adult, mm. there's always that tendency to know best. And in order to walk along this narrow path, we need to be guided by God's Word. Mm, yeah. So let's have a look at uh, Psalm 119, and we'll have a look at verse 9. Yes. Um, we're reading from the English Standard Version this morning. So verse 9 reads, How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Mm. Now that's really important, isn't it? Yeah. So, so we've we got to keep our way pure it's important how we live, mm. but we're guided by God's word. So mm. where does I think come in? Mm. All right. Anyway, we'll just hold that's that a, thought that's there. That's a very good thought, yes. Verse 130. Verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Hmm. Which means that anybody can understand the tenets of salvation. Mm. So God's word is a is a light and a guide for salvation, mm. and it's the infallible guide to salvation. We need mm. to um, keep that in mind. So God has the right way for us to go, and verse 105 is one that most of our listeners will probably yes. recognize. 119 verse 105 reads, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. All right. Classic. So <laughs> it is, isn't it? So God's light mm. lights up that path. And we need to be tentative, uh, attentive to that light. Mm, absolutely. We need to allow that light to shine in our lives, in our hearts, and along that path. And yes, God allows us to think and be thinking beings. Mm. And of course he allows us and wants us to think. Mm. But let us let our thoughts be his thoughts. Mm. Let let him guide us along that path. Mm. Now that might sound really easy <laughs> and pretty obvious. Yeah. But it'd be awful to know the truth, to be almost there to just fall short. You know, there are many illustrations in the Bible where a lot of people do fall short. Mm. The parable of the wise and foolish virgins, for instance. Mm. The foolish ones, they fell short. Yeah. They're almost there. Almost. So close. Yeah. Almost saved. 
but not quite. Mm. But we're going to have a look at a, a story, mm. um, The Rich Young Ruler. Rich Young Ruler, yes. Now, yeah. this is one of those stories that's fairly well worn mm. amongst uh, Christian circles. But nonetheless, it's in a very important story and very important illustration. Mm. Would you like to read it for yeah, us? Yes, absolutely. So we're reading, it's Matthew chapter 19, and we're starting in verse 16. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, enter life, keep the ooh, if you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, "Which ones?" And Jesus said, "You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your mother and father, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself." The young man said to him, "All these I have kept. What do I still lack?" Now, what I love about this story mm. is the question that he starts off with. What's his question, you know? In, in one of the other Gospels, it, it, it talks about um, the rich young ruler running. Mm. And so desperate was he to uh, come to Jesus to find out because men in the Middle East never ran. Oh. And uh, Kenneth Bailey tells a story of a, of a Middle East person in the... Um, in the last century, who the culture was that you didn't run at all, oh. and there was a bus that was coming, and he allowed the bus to run on, run him over. Like Kenneth Bailey tells that story. So strong was that cultural norm of not running, and the rich young ruler was so desperate to know mm. the answer to this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Mm. Now, just pause for a moment here. So, for our listeners, mm. when you'd ask yourself that very same question, you know, what must I do to have eternal life? Mm. That is the most important one. Mm. Not our study, not our mortgage, mm. not our whatever is confronting us in life. That is the most important question. Mm. Everything else doesn't really matter. Mm. So... And then Jesus comes back to him and he says to him, um, and he said to him, why do you ask me what is good? Mm. You know, it's a bit of a funny thing to come back at, isn't it? It's very much Jesus. Um, he's, it's very on brand because a lot of people would ask him a question and he would ask them a question in response, which is always a little frustrating, but he's just trying to make them think, really. Yeah, he yeah. is, and it's important to think, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> and he wanted them to think as to who he was, not mm. just a good teacher. Um, so there, there is only one who is good, and mm. if you would enter life, keep the commandments. Mm. Now, <laughs> the rich young ruler, he was a Jew. Mm. Of course, he was rich, and he was young, and he had status. And him being a Jew, and a good Jew, would be going, yes, I do keep the commandments, <laughs> of course I do. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, and you shall not steal, mm. and you shall not bear false witness on your mother and father, mm. and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. So, how do you think the rich young ruler was feeling at this point in time? I think he was feeling pretty good. It's 
Seems like he's really trying to tick boxes. Like you know, like you were saying, he's rich, he's young. All he needs now is to ensure his salvation. Yeah, <laughs> the old ticker box. You yeah. know, I've done this, I've done yeah, that. It's all good, all good. <laughs> yeah, and 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 because he's done that, he's mm. got leverage with yeah. God, hasn't oh. he? Look what I've done. <laughs> yeah, I've done all these things while I haven't committed adultery, and I haven't done murder, and I. Mm. So I'm pretty good. So he. I imagine he's feeling pretty good. Yeah. He's feeling good. And the young man said to him, all these I've kept. What do I still lack? Mm. Do you think maybe he thought he was still missing something? That's why he yeah. came up? Yeah. 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 So he still lacked, even though mm. he has felt pretty good about keeping the yeah. commandments, he, he still lacked something. And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess mm. and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Mm. Mm. That's a tough one. That is, isn't it? Mm. Imagine now the crowd. Imagine the crowd around. Mm. Wonder what they were thinking. Mm. Now they're all wanting to be on the narrow road. Yeah. But I imagine some of them would say, we'll be looking on. At the, at the rich young ruler because they would have ears flapping at this yeah. point their ears would be open like an open door taxi cab mm. they were f- totally focused because they wanted to know as well yeah. and so for the rich young ruler to go and sell everything I wonder what they would have thought mm. don't be a fool mm-hmm. and he went away very sad and so for him to be on that narrow road, we need to be sensitive and attentive to the light on the path. Mm. And for the rich young ruler, he was almost there. So close, yeah, almost He was a believer. He was a Sabbath keeper. Mm. He kept the commandments, but there was something that he lacked. He didn't give his whole heart to God. He Mm. held back tragedy, isn't it? Mm, there's something in this world that he was still holding on to. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't quite let go of. And that's where God's light needs to shine a light mm. into the dark places of our heart. Your lamp uh, your lamp is a guide. Mm, yes, thy word is a guidance for my feet. Um, we have to head to a break again, but um, there'll be more on this later, so stick around. Before we go... Listener question, what are some things in your life that can detract you from staying on the narrow road? What are some of your hurdles? Let us know. Text us in on 0488880891. It can be as simply as staring at your phone too long. Um, Also, we have our giveaway coming up later in the program, Thinking Faith by Nathan Brown. Be sure to stay tuned for the code for that. But right now, this is Truth I Am Standing On by Leanna Crawford.
by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we have Dr. Mark Falconer and we are talking about Almost Saved. So, Mark, we've been looking at the rich young ruler and how um, his wealth kind of acted a bit like a stumbling block. Mm. It's kind of stopping him from wanting to fully commit like it was holding him back from fully committing to um, salvation or learning about God. So um, we need the Bible as a guide to help us fully understand what it means to be to be fully saved, I guess, not almost saved. <laughs> and that's the trick, isn't it? Yes. You know, and for the rich young ruler, he was wanting to hold stuff back. Mm. He was wanting to hold his material things back. And you, you think about... Yeah, we believe in God, we want to follow Him, but all the time we often want to balance that, follow God on my terms, terms, do it my way, 
I'll give this much. Yes, I believe I'll do the right things. I'll keep the commandments, but I will just do it on my terms. Mm. And, you know, the other thing that we really wrestle with, Mm. and that's self-sufficiency. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest ones I wrestle with. Look, we all do. I I, I, I do as well. The Western civilization values individualism, Mm. and you've got to be independent, um, and you've got to be self-sufficient. Yeah, it's like this mentality that... If you can't take care of you, then no one else is going to take care of you. So you have to take care of yourself. And um, it's it's very difficult in, when you have that mentality to just let go and, yeah. and let God lead or let God do it. And it's just like, well, no, I, I don't trust you. <laughs> like, yeah. It comes down to trust. Like, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing, yeah. And, and that's what makes, you know, when we enter the narrow gate, walk along the narrow path, and the key is with Jesus. Mm. Okay, not walking the narrow path on my terms, mm. but walking the narrow path with Jesus. Mm. Now, let's have a look at Hebrews 4, verse 12, because mm. walking along the narrow path, we need to know if we are on the right path. How do we know if we are on the right path? And Hebrews 4, verse 12 has a really good insight for us. All right, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow, that, that, that is a really powerful mm. passage, that. And, and that's the power of the word of God, mm. because God speaks through the word, and it is sharper than a two-edged sword, Mm. and that it pierces to the very depths of our soul. And so as we walk with Jesus, we we read his word, we allow his spirit to touch our hearts and our lives, and he points out anything that offends, Mm. anything that needs to change. He gives us courage, he directs, he leads, he guides and it is the thoughts and the intentions of the heart here mm. that is most important. Because we can do good things and people can look at us and say, yes, we do good things, but we can do good things with wrong motives. Yes. You know, like, for instance, you might want to mow the lawns for, say, an auntie who's about to pass away, who's mm. in her 90s. And so, well, perhaps I'll, I'll use myself. I might, <laughs> That's okay. I might want to mow the lawns for auntie, and she's in her 90s. Mm. But I can do it with good intentions or mm. bad intentions. A bad intention would be I mow the lawns because mm. she gets you in the good books. Gets you in the good books yeah. and gets you into the will. Oh, did I say that? Into the will? Oh. <laughs> no, no, the good intentions, or I could just yeah. do it because they need mowing. Yeah. So the why we do everything is really, really critical. Mm. And God sees, God knows. Mm. And so for the rich young ruler, he knew uh, the intentions of his heart because he went away very sad. Mm. And that put a whole lot of cold water on what he had hoped. Mm. And it's real sad that he would have lived out the rest of his life 
miserable. Mm. Miserable. Because he would never have forgotten this. Mm, I bet. And, and it's just a real shame. So the intentions of the heart, the word is able to pierce that. And um, let's just have a quick look at before we go to our next break. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember when Paul was, he'd been arrested. Yes. He was imprisoned and he was before Festus and Agrippa mm. in Acts chapter 20. Six. Mm. In verses 24 and 28, it says, And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, are you out of your mind? Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly, for I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? That's a fascinating exchange, isn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) Now, Paul had given a sermon. He'd given the long history of the the Jewish nation. Mm. And then he talked about um, Jesus coming, who was the Messiah, who died and rose again. And Festus thought Paul was out of his mind. Mm, (laughs) He was mad. But then he appealed to Agrippa. Yeah. What did he say to Agrippa? I know you know this. <laughs> so yes, exactly. I'm not hiding anything. None of this is crazy. You can see it. You know yeah. the prophets. You know what we believe. Yeah. And and I love the way the King James um, puts it. Yes. Um, and what does the King James say? Um, in verse 28, King James says, <laughs> Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. Almost. He believed in the prophets. Hmm. He believed in the Old Testament. He Mm. believed in the coming of the Messiah. He believed in the Sabbath, the commandments. And then he says, he almost persuades me to become a Christian. Mm. That's tragic, isn't it? It's tragic. Real tragic. You're Mm. almost there. He believed. You believed the prophets. And and that's the tragedy for many today, Mm. that they will believe in God, but not enough to follow him with all their hearts and mm. with all their minds. And that's the challenge for us today. It doesn't happen overnight. No. But we, we wake up each day with the honest intention, with the right intention, today, Lord, I will follow you mm. wherever it leads. And in our next section, mm. we're going to explore... What would the world look like without the Bible? Mm, oh. what, what, what would it look like mm. if we didn't have one? Now, the interesting thing was there was a time in history where that was so. So we can go back in history and we're going to have a quick look at John Wycliffe mm. and what his life was and what his world was like because in his time there was no Bible. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to that section, but right now it's time for a break. 
For the break, we have our book offer for this morning, Thinking Faith by Nathan Brown. Thinking is an important ingredient in our faith. Um, while faith must also broaden and deepen our thinking and its possibilities, and both should change our lives and our world. Thinking Faith collects some of Nathan Brown's best thoughts and questions about the implications of our faith. Each short chapter responds to urgent issues of our time and in our church, examining these, th- these through a lens of what we know and what we believe about God, calling for imagination, courage and creativity and empathy in response. This next song is If I Go by Carly Fletcher. Be sure to stick around for the code for Thinking Faith after the break. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Prepare a place for you, a special place just for you.
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing up our program this morning with Dr. Mark Falconer and we are talking about Almost Saved. Before the break, as promised, we have our giveaway for this morning, Thinking Faith by Nathan Brown. To claim this book this morning, you must text in the code ALMOST9. A-L-M-O-S-T and the number 9, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891. That code is ALMOST9. A-L-M-O-S-T and the number 9, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891. So, Mark, um, we're finishing up our program on Almost Saved. And before the break, you said that we're going to use this section to um, imagine a world with no Bible. Yeah, and and it's crazy to think about a world with no Bible. And during the Middle Ages, that's exactly how it was. Um, John Wycliffe lived during that time Mm. where the general population had no access to the Bible. Mm. Now, the Christian church at the time... And Rome was in charge, so much in charge, was that England shipped off five times more gold than they did to the king. Oh, goodness. Can you believe that? I mean, that is, that, that, that's power, isn't it? Yeah. And, and so for the general population, they didn't have access to the Bible. The friars would come around and they would sell uh, sins or Mm. indulgences, as they call them, and they would get money that way, and they would keep the people in in poverty. And if people held scriptures, they were put to death. Mm. There were a group of, you know, just one quick example, the commentary martyrs. Mm. Um, There were about 11 or 12 of them, the figures is a bit disputed, who were put to death for just possessing scriptures. And Mm. there was one lady by the name of Mrs. Smith who was about to be released, Mm. and she had a copy of the Apostles' Creed, copy of the Ten Commandments, and and the Lord's Prayer. And they saw that sticking out of her sleeve, Mm. and as she was being released, they saw that, then they immediately arrested her. And do you know what? They put her to death for that. Mm. That's bizarre, isn't it? Bizarre, yeah. Absolutely bizarre. So John Wycliffe was raised in that world where Scripture was not a part of uh, people who weren't allowed to uh, possess a Bible. And he wanted to put the Bible into the hands of the people. Mm. And do you know that even for a scholar, they had to study for eight to ten years before they could even read the Bible? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, and uh, John Wycliffe, who lived from about 1330 to 1384, 
he was a scholar and he wanted to share the gospel and he spoke about the fr- against the friars and on his um, deathbed mm. they thought that he was going to die the friars gathered around him and and uh, they wanted him to repent recant yes. and uh, he th- he heard them and he rose up and he says i shall not die but live and again declare the evil deeds of the friars. Mm. And so he did. And he translated the Bible into the common language of the, the people. And uh, he was known as the morning star of the, um, of the Reformation. Mm. And uh, so he started that, that, that process. But he, put the, he began the, the task of putting the Bible into the hands of the common people. Now... Mm. It's a crazy world that back then to try and get rid of the Bible. Mm. Do you know that the devil was trying to get rid of the Bible out of our lives? Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. Now, now it's always sort of thought about that. Well, we have the Bible freely available. Mm. You can go on Amazon.com, Kurong. You can read it online. You can get any version you like. Mm. But how much... Do actually people read the Bible today? Yeah. Now, that's a a difficult... That is a hard hard one, one. yeah. Did I read it this morning? (laughs) Well, look, we have so many distractions in our world. Walking along that narrow path, we have an awful lot of distractions. Yes. Now, just give you a quick example. Mm. Do you know how many hours... the average person spends on social media and the internet and and technology uh, a day or a year. Let's a go year. a year. Oh, How many goodness. hours? Oh, too long. <laughs> too long. You're right. Too long. Two thousand seven hundred sixty odd hours on average. The average American spend on the internet. The average hours for a full time job is around about eighteen hundred sixty. So we're looking at over. More time and a half, about mm. 60 hours a week, Goodness. you know, something like that. That That is phenomenal. Mm. And what effect does that have on the Christian journey mm. of people? Well, it seems like yeah, they're, if they're spending so much time, more than on their actual job, on looking at a phone, it's almost like that kind of becomes their God. Exactly. Yeah. It becomes their priest mm. and their teacher mm. and their pastor. And so Mark Sayers in, a, in, a, in his book Facing Leviathan mm. has this interesting insight into this. The society of the spectacle describes highly a highly visual culture in which citizens had been reduced to consumers and spectators mm. in which we were offered a never-ending parade of spectacular media events which constantly distracted us from mortality, pain and what it is to be human in the society of the spectacle politics has turned into theatre mm. sex into pornography religion into consumerism and in the society of the spectacle reality TV sits next to the a terrorist attack broadcast endlessly on 24 news cycle, intermittently interrupted by advertisements for the latest teeth whitening <laughs> you know we it's, mm. it's terrible isn't it mm. and 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 what effect does all this have on our spiritual walk with god mm. 
and I, I, I love the the book that um, uh, Kinnaman wrote, and it's called Faith for Exiles, mm. and he calls it Digital Babylon. Digital Babylon. And yeah. you remember Babylon is this... Um, Kingdom, kingdom, and that's in yeah. opposition to God. Yes. And uh, so he he talks about the internet being that um, in opposition to God that wants to get rid of the Word of God. And he says here, deep spiritual longings which ought to be lovingly tended and skillfully cultivated are choked to death mm. by binge television, immersive gaming social media scrolling and as we will say many times in the coming pages in the book technology and the lighted rectangles we gaze at all the time aren't bad in of themselves but if we're not vigilant mm-hmm. and that's the key word there if we're not vigilant and intentional digital babylon glitzes and blitzes our days so completely <coughs> that we never get around to pursuing the deeper things of life. Mm. And that's what we need to make sure amongst the complexities of life that we need to make sure that the Word of God shines through. We need to prioritise. Amen, we definitely do. Well, thank you for um, speaking with us this morning, Mark. And um, also thank you for joining us. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. We have David, Leo and myself. We'll be starting the currency of God's kingdom. So be sure to stick around for that. Also, there's our code for this morning, almost 19. Text that in to 04888880891 to claim that this morning. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and may you encounter Jesus more today. This next song is I Live For You by True Vibe. I was lost in darkness, never knowing where to turn. I thought I had all the answers, but I had so much to learn. Like a child, I Trying to make it on my own Like a father you embrace me And you show the way back home And now that I know The truth that you proclaim I will keep trusting you To fill me up Till only you remain to your name All that I am All that I do I live for you So now I want to tell the world The difference you have made You have changed the way I live and love And made my heart brand new Now that we are joined together I know I'm nothing without you And now that I know 
that you proclaim. I will keep trusting you to fill me up till only you remain. And I will not rest until my every word brings glory to your All that I do, all of my love.